to that challenge. These are good receivers that I'm going against. Though Fenner got beat for a touchdown last week, there were far more positives than negatives in his debut. Not only did he look solid in most of his coverages, he was quick to jump up and stop the run, finishing the game with three defensive tackles and another on special teams. I'm Scott Rentoul, and that's The Huddle. The Lions Huddle, brought to you by your BC Ram dealers. Home to Ram 1500, Canada's most fuel-efficient truck ever. Right now, get up to $12,000 in total discounts. See dealer for details. Ram 1500, the world-famous Hemi engine with real power and real-world efficiency. Or the EcoDiesel, with serious power from the most fuel-efficient full-size pickup ever. Power and efficiency in the same truck. Now there's a concept. Right now, get a Ram 1500 with total discounts up to 12000 Guts. Glory. Ram. Find out what's cooking with the CFAX 1070 Great Grocery Giveaway. You could win free groceries for a year from Thrifty Foods. The winning is easy. Just watch CTV Vancouver Island. Listen and win. Qualify and win a $50 smile card weekday mornings with Al Therabee at 7.15 and afternoons with Mark Brené at 4.15. Details at CFAX1070.com. Win free groceries for a year from Thrifty Foods and CFAX 1070 with a great grocery giveaway. It's normal to feel anxious sometimes, but if it starts interfering with your job, it might be a problem. Like, let's say you're a voice actor, and you're recording a radio ad, and um, you're a little nervous, and everyone's looking at you, and all your friends are going to hear, and what if they don't like it, and your voice is cracking, and it's hot in the booth, and the walls are closing in, and oh my god, give me that paper bag! If anxiety becomes a problem, there's help. Visit bouncebacktoday.ca. A message from the Canadian Mental Health Association and the broadcasters of British Columbia. I didn't expect life in a retirement community would be my cup of tea. I didn't think it could feel like home. But here I can enjoy my daily walk, eat dinner when I want, and I even brought my dog with me. At Amica, we offer personalized, first-class living in our independent living, assisted living, and memory care neighborhoods. Let us treat you to lunch. Book a visit online at amica.ca. Amica. Expect more. When traffic goes wrong... We'll get you back on track. If it's happening, it's here. CFAX 1070. CFAX Victoria, a division of Bell Media. And an iHeart radio station. If it's happening, it's here. CFAX 1070. 402, good afternoon. I'm Mark Brenna. A mixed bag of tricks for the weekend, which will be mostly cloudy. There's a 70% chance of rain tomorrow. Some sun, some cloud for Sunday, looking at highs in the mid teens. It's 13 at UVic. CFAX 1070 News begins right now, and here is Sandy Hall. Thanks, Mark. The judge has reserved decision in the case of suspended Victoria Police Chief Frank Elsner and whether key evidence should be banned from being made public. CFAX is part of a court battle trying to make the evidence public. The case was being heard in a Vancouver courtroom today behind closed doors. Elsner was seeking a ban on evidence connected to several investigations into his conduct. His improper relationship with a subordinate's wife initially prompted an investigation. 
Elsner's trying to suppress the contents of Twitter messages between he and the woman and details of his employment contract. He also wants a gag order on evidence gathered during both internal and external investigations. CFAX 1070 is fighting Elsner's bid to have that information banned in partnership with the Times Colonist and CTV Vancouver Island. Central Saanich police are asking residents to be on guard when opening their door to strangers following a suspicious incident that occurred yesterday. Around three, a heavyset male, approximately six foot four, knocked on a door on Early Place and told the homeowner his girlfriend left her wallet in the house and he insisted on coming in to get it. But the homeowner didn't know the male or the name of the female, so he denied the man entry. But it didn't end there. The man later returned to the house in a beige Ford Aerostar van with blacked out rear windows and an unknown number of occupants, including at least one female with long brown hair. Thankfully, the vehicle left without further interaction. Deputy Chief Darren Lynch says sadly police weren't notified until a day later. Yeah, we got the call, uh, looks like a day later, which doesn't help us much. We need uh, citizens, and regardless of whether they think it's, you know, uh, something or nothing, I mean, suspicious vehicles suspicious persons. We need them to be calling us as soon as it happens. Lent says it's not known why the residents drew the interest of the suspicious man, adding if you're aware of similar incidents, you should contact police. An algae bloom at Langford Lake has health officials issuing a public advisory. You're being asked to avoid swimming in and drinking the lake water, and that goes for your pets as well. Island Health says the bloom was discovered in the Lee Road Beach and Boardwalk area in Langford. Blue-green algae blooms may produce dangerous toxins and can be hazardous to your health. And the Royal Tour of BC and Yukon ends tomorrow with several Victoria events. The Duke and Duchess of Cambridge will visit the Cridge Centre in the morning. After that, the chair of the Monarchist League's Victoria branch says the Inner Harbour will be a great place to spot them. If you want to be seeing the royal family and saying goodbye to them as they get on the, uh, it's called SALT, S-A-L-T. But it's a great uh, tall ship they're going to be going on with a group of youth. That's happening sometime after 11.30 at Ships Point. Then there will be an official farewell ceremony between 3.30 and 4 as the Royals board a seaplane and fly out of Victoria. Here's today's CFAX 1070 News poll. Does Victoria do enough to protect its heritage buildings? 57% say no. Vote now at CFAX1070.com. I'm Sandy Hall. If it's happening, it's here on CFAX 1070. Current news time, four, six minutes after 4. Thank you, Sandy. And now with a look at traffic, here is Art Aronson. Thank you, Mark. The weekend Friday afternoon commute has been fairly smooth going so far. No motor vehicle incidents reported this hour. We are seeing some heavy volumes in a few areas right now. The Pape Highway northbound from Broadmead Village to Halliburton Road is quite backed up. Also, traffic leaving downtown Victoria is busy at this hour. Stop and go volumes from uptown to the Admirals Mackenzie Interchange. And in Langford in the Lee Road Interchange area there with the Trans-Canada Highway, very busy busy this time of day as it usually is. If you see something out there other drivers should know about, give us a call at 381 News or Star 1070 on your cell phone. Checking CFAX weather now. Here is CTV Vancouver Island meteorologist Astrid Brownschmidt. Tonight we're going to see a partly cloudy evening with occasional showers lows to 8 degrees. Tomorrow looking a little unsettled. You might need your umbrella early in the day. 15 degrees is our afternoon high. Occasional sunny breaks are expected Saturday too. Sunday mainly cloudy highs to 16. We've got a dry, mainly cloudy day on Monday, too, also at 16 degrees. I'll have your full island forecast tonight on CTV News at 5. 
All right now in downtown Victoria, it's 14 degrees. I'm Art Aronson. If it's happening, it's here on CFAX 1070. It's 407. Mark. Thank you, Art. The Union of British Columbia Municipalities has wrapped up its annual conference and the Victoria Conference Centre. We'll find out what was accomplished when we come back. Thrifty Foods. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, September 30th to October 2nd only. Get 200 Air Miles bonus miles when you purchase a $200 Smile card. Lions fans, fall football is here. Tomorrow, your BC Lions host the Ottawa Red Blacks. Kickoff at 7 p.m. at BC Play Stadium, presented by Tim Hortons. This game, the University of Washington Husky Marching Band is back. Don't miss out on their special Amicon halftime performance. Plus, arrive early and check out the Nissan Tailgate Party with live band, pregame warm-up food and drink specials, merch offers, and more. Lions, Red Blacks. For tickets and info, visit bclions.com or call 589-ROAR. Pride lives here. You have endless information at your fingertips, but not all of it is accurate. That's why CTV News Vancouver Island has a responsibility to you. Our award-winning news team turns a critical eye on every word and every image before we put it on the air. To produce a newscast, you can trust so you get the whole story and nothing but. It has been a dangerous week for Capital Region Police Officers. Trust in CTV News Vancouver Island. Online at vancouverisland.ctvnews.ca. Dork Uncorked with Rod Phillips and Carol Morrison. Saturdays at 2. Brought to you by the Pandry Restaurant at the Gatsby Mansion on CFAX 1070. Now, Mark Brené on CFAX 1070. Mayors, councillors, and other elected officials just wrapped up their annual meetings. It's called the UBCM, the Union of British Columbia Municipalities. This is uh, the meeting where delegates vote on resolutions which they hope the provincial or federal governments uh, will take them up on. Uh, let's find out what was accomplished this year. Our guest is Laurel Collins. She's an instructor of social justice studies and sociology at UVic. Hello, Laurel. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. You've been down at the conference for much of the week. Yeah. And uh, you took it all in. You had season tickets. <laughs> Uh, let's start with uh, marijuana. I know that that was uh, high. <laughs> it was high up on the agenda. <laughs> uh, what did they accomplish with pot? So uh, one of the resolutions around marijuana was um, about the sales and distribution tax sharing for local governments. And really, it's just, it was calling on the federal government to uh, include local governments in the taxation share so that you know, as they're developing legislation, how to tax marijuana, that local governments will get compensated across this province. Um, and that passed very easily. Was it just vague they'll get compensated or was there a figure that was attached to it? There was no figure. It was really um, because the federal government is currently working through the details, it was really to uh, send a message to the federal government that municipalities do want to be included in this. Um, and yeah, no set set levels. Okay. Well, that makes perfect sense. And let's hope the federal government comes through because uh, if uh, if and when marijuana is legalized, and we know it's going to be a when, there's going to be a lot of money involved and uh, the municipalities certainly need to get their share. Airbnbs. I know that a resolution was passed yesterday to look at some form of regulations on Airbnb, but again, rather vague as far as I understand it. Yeah. And so uh, it was really interesting with Airbnb. So the um, same thing in calling on the provincial government uh, to make sure that Airbnbs, so short-term rentals, are taxed properly or fairly um, and that local governments are compensated. And really the idea here is that um, if Airbnbs are taking 
some kind of rental stock out of cities and also acting as hotels, so uh, turning residents into businesses, then they should be taxed uh, like a business would be. Um, but also we want to be able to maybe funnel some of those funds into affordable housing. And so the tax seemed like a no-brainer. It went through very easily. Uh, the resolution calling on the provincial government to do this. But what interested me was that not only uh, did they have a number of workshops on short-term rentals, but also Airbnb lobbyists were there, having meetings with councillors, uh, attending the workshops and panels on short-term rentals. And really, what you would hear from them is that they are very willing to tax the consumer and that they will do the work, the legwork for uh, municipal governments. And they're willing to, you know, with no cost to municipal governments, set up taxation systems within their programming that will make it very easy. And the idea here is that uh, Airbnb doesn't want to be shut out. They want to be able to expand uh, in and maintain markets. And so they want to make it as easy as possible for municipal governments to kind of get that cut. Surely Airbnb and other centers someplace, Atlanta, I don't know, Montreal, Chicago, someplace, must they've encountered this before. Absolutely. And they actually are collecting taxes in, I think, 110 different cities yeah. across, um, like around the world, including San Francisco, which is where they were based, um, and a non number of other ones in uh, the U.S. and I'm, I actually haven't heard of any Canadian cities are, that are yet doing this. Yeah. Uh, I know that um, different places are considering different regulations, and New York right now is looking at uh, you know a kind of harsher uh, litigation process where landlords could potentially get fines of seven thousand five hundred dollars uh, if they break the uh, kind of rules that New York has, and this is in response to Airbnb taking. Airbnb customers taking rental stock out of the housing market, and therefore we have these, you know, affordability crisis, but also lack of housing and rental spaces. Absolutely understand that. The other part of this, and was this even talked about, because in Vancouver, next week, City Council there is going to mull over the uh, the proposal of taxing. And again, that money, yes, that money would go to uh, affordable housing. That's what they're saying. Gregor Robertson, the mayor of uh, Vancouver, is saying. But also, they would like to uh, license these. So you'd have to pay a licensing fee. Was that discussed at UBCM? You know, I, that was discussed in the smaller workshops and panels. It wasn't discussed on the floor, on the resolution floor. Um, and it sounds like because there isn't a kind of overarching piece of legislation for across BC, it sounds like local governments are going to kind of piece by piece figure out what works for them. Uh, and so Vancouver is going down the business license route, and that would mean that uh, people who have Airbnb, Airbnb um, rentals would then put that business license on the website itself, on their listing, um, and it would be easier to regulate. Now, there was some kind of pushback or criticism saying that this would allow some illegal rentals, so people perhaps renting out of space and not telling the owner of the house, um, so they would still be able to get a business license and, and perhaps not be... Uh, following the, the proper legislation. Right, the guidelines, I see. Okay. Uh, well, more of that to come, but it should be uniform. No doubt about that. It should be uniform across Absolutely. the province. In fact, it should be uniform across the country, maybe. But I don't know. That's probably more of a municipal issue, more of a provincial issue. Uh, we are going to take the news in just a minute, but first, here comes a guy with a really, really deep voice.
The CFAX 1070 Great Grocery Giveaway from Thrifty Foods. I am looking for the 20th caller at 250-386-1161. You can tell me the feature product that Chef Al Faraby held up last night during CTV News Vancouver Island. Now, the correct caller with the correct answer wins a $50 smile card from Thrifty Foods and also qualifies to win groceries for a year from Thrifty Foods. All contest details at CFAX1070.com. Caller number 20. Good luck. It is news time, 4.15, and here is Art Aronson. Thank you, Mark. Prince George Councillor Murray Krause has been announced as the new president of the Union of BC Municipalities. The UBCM concluded its week-long annual convention in Victoria with the election of its new leadership team. Victoria is gearing up to say goodbye to the Royals. The Victoria branch of Monarchist League says there will be a couple of chances to see the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge tomorrow. And people are being advised to avoid swimming in Langford Lake due to an algae bloom. Island Health says the bloom was discovered in the Lee Road uh, Beach and uh, and Park uh, Boardwalk area in Langford there. Checking our CFAX traffic now. A caller reporting saying there was a, ve- a vehicle has lost a tire in the northbound lanes of Blanchard just north of Topaz Road there affecting traffic in the far left lane. So look for that if you're traveling on Blanchard northbound. Elsewhere things looking pretty good across the capital region. No motor vehicle incidents uh, reported this hour. If you see something out there other drivers should know about, give us a call at 381 News or star 1070 on your cell phone. BC Ferries the 4 o'clock sailing just left full, uh, close to a one sailing wait as the 5 o'clock boat from Swartz Bay to Sawasin is 98% full right now. So uh, be aware of that if you're trying to leave Victoria this hour. I'm Art Aronson. If it's happening, it's here on CFAX 1070. It's 416. Mark. Thank you, uh, Art. When we come back, more discussions about the uh, UBCMs, mayors, councillors, and other representatives from across the province spent the week at the Victoria Conference Centre voting on resolutions from pot shops to dangerous dogs. We'll tell you what they came up with when we come back. You have endless information coming at you, but can you depend on it? For the whole story and nothing but, trust in CTV Vancouver Island News at 6 with Andrew Johnson. Afternoons with Mark Brené is brought to you by... Fairway Market. No club cards. No points. No gimmicks. Just great card-free pricing at Fairway Market. Mornings with Al Faraby. Stacy, hello. Hello. Were you watching CTV News Vancouver Island last night? I sure was. And did you see goofy old Chef Al Faraby there? I sure did. Okay. What was the item I held up last night? It was hee-haw horseradish. It was. It was. On the next show, another chance to win groceries for a year. We'll look back at the Royal Visit and give you an update from the Cops for Cancer Tour to Rock. Weekdays 5 to 9 on CFAX 1070. Right now, the all-new high-performance Lexus IS200T has the best rebates and lease offers of the year. Lease rates as low as 0.9%. Buy weekly payments of $199, including a $3,000 delivery credit. Visit Jim Pattison Lexus Victoria for details. Hey, uh, honey, do you, uh, you need a coffee? No, I'm good, Jeff. Uh, what about your car? Car need a wash? Uh, no. Checked your oil lately? It's fine, Jeff. Wash your fluid? Are you just looking for a reason to go to co-op? Oh, I know, uh... I wonder how Dave, the cashier's doing. I better go. Dave needs me. Dave? Yeah, Jeff as in 44091. Yeah, he's on his way over again. To find out what Peninsula Co-op has in store for you, go to PeninsulaCoop.com. 
What if you could get Canadian, made-to-order quality furniture at a price that puts a smile on your face? That's the question that took Max Furniture from an idea to a splendid showroom that you just have to see. Whether you're decorating a small condo or a stately castle, Max Furniture's in-house designers will help you find the perfect sofa, ottoman, bedroom set, dining room So table, max your expectations, max your style, and max your decor dollar with Max Furniture, 2745 Bridge Street. Online at maxfurniture.com. Right now, the all-new high-performance Lexus IS200T has the best rebates and lease offers of the year. Lease rates as low as 0.9%. Bi-weekly payments of $199, including a $3,000 delivery credit. Visit Jim Pattison Lexus Victoria for details. Catch up with what you've missed with our podcast at CFAX1070.com. If it's happening, it's here. CFAX 1070. The CFAX 1070 Great Grocery Giveaway from Thrifty Foods. Congratulations to Alan. Alan knew last night Chef Alf Araby held up Okanagan Wineland dressing. Watch CTV News Vancouver Island tonight and all weekend for our next clue. Then listen to Alf Araby on CFAX 1070 Monday morning at 7.15 for your next chance to win groceries for a year from Thrifty Foods. It's Mark Brenay on CFAX 1070. We are with Laurel Collins, an instructor of social justice studies and sociology at UVic, and she has just come back from the uh, UBCMs, which is the annual conference uh, where all the municipal leaders and bigwigs get together, and they say, this is what we want, province. This is what we want, federal government. We want some changes made, and we want them done now. Uh, one of the things that came up, uh, and you mentioned this to me, I, I, it was under my radar, but this is very interesting. Folks, you remember uh, Maya Tate, the mayor of Souk? Uh, she gave birth November 27th. When she came back on the job, it was actually April 1st. But the joke was on her, April Fools, because she lost her directorship at the CRD. So that prompted, I guess, a lot of speculation and complaints and concerns. And so there was a parental rights uh, regulation, I guess, uh, that was promoted. What happened with that? So that motion um, came through the AVICC, which is the Association of Vancouver Island Coastal Communities. And really what it was asking was that our local government act and uh, the community charter, which kind of govern our local elected officials, come into alignment with our BC uh, Employment Standards Act, which if uh, a parent goes away on parental leave and then comes back, they should have the same position uh, that they left. And so when Maya Tate came back, and she was still the mayor, but they had actually replaced her on uh, the CRD directorship, that it isn't actually in alignment with our current Employment Standards Act, but because that Employment Standards Act doesn't apply to local officials, they are actually governed under this... Uh, so that's why... So it seems to me she should have been replaced, obviously, she's on parental leave, yeah. by somebody acting as a director for yep. Souk uh, on the CRD, fair enough. But when she returns and she's ready, she should have her job back. Absolutely. This is this is like 17 grand. This is not peanuts. <laughs> no, and no matter how much it is, it really it comes down to an issue of are we going to punish parents? And, and oftentimes the people who are taking parental leave are women. Um, and so our, it is a gendered... Uh, issue that comes up for women who go ha, get pregnant and then you know fear coming back and losing their was the, it that same position. Was, sorry to interrupt, was, it, was it framed that way? That this was you know anti-feminine and anti-women? I mean I don't think the people who replaced her or uh, were wanting uh, her replacement to continue on the CRD would, would frame it that way but the impact of it yeah. is that it would have a greater impact on women. 
Uh, Heather writes, and if you have time, could you ask this? Please ask Laurel about the keynote from Dr. Samantha Nutt. Yeah, she's famous. Nutt is N-U-T-T. Look her up, folks. Uh, she's given some very, uh, she was with War Child, if I recall, right? Absolutely. And Roseanne reminded me of this the other day. And I was like, Samantha Nutt. Samantha. Oh, I know that name. Yeah, she's a very uh, well-known speaker. Uh, sorry, let me just read the email. Uh, <laughs> keynote from Dr. Samantha Nutt, whereas I am really familiar with her good work with War Child Canada and her commentary on foreign affairs, I'm wondering what her primary message was for municipalities. Were you there for Samantha Nutt's speech? Unfortunately, I was oh, teaching a rats. class at that point. Oh, um, darn. So I, I'm still teaching up at UVic, and so I couldn't make it to her keynote address, and so I did miss it, and I'm sorry I can't give you more information about that. So Sorry, Heather, and I, I'm sorry I, I sort of, sort of <laughs> kneecapped you with that question that I didn't ask you in advance. Uh, you also, though, you were there for John Horgan's speech from the NDP and, of course, uh, Premier Christy Clark's speech, and that'll be the last time each of them gets to uh, appear in front of all these mayors, etc., before the next election. Yeah, and so both of them um, came out very strong, uh, made a lot of promises, and so uh, Premier Clark focused on you know, one of the uh, kind of big announcements was $10 million to address uh, substance abuse. And because of the increase in overdose deaths and the, um, I think it's two thirds of those are related to fentanyl. Right. Um, she has promised uh, $5 million for a joint task force on overdose pre- prevention and $5 million uh, to support a BC Centre for Substance Use. And the details of that haven't been announced, but the money has now been promised. Um, she also really was celebrating the Site C Dam project and the Pacific Northwest LNG projects, um, and then also announced a $148 million for a clean and wastewater fund. Remember that thought, Site C, because I want to get back to that. Just and tell us what John Horgan of the NDP had to say. Yeah, and so he was criticizing the premier for, um, you know, really waiting until it becomes a problem for uh, overdoses and substance abuse that she's had years to address this. And it's only in the election year that she's actually making these changes. Uh, But he also himself promised a $10 a day child care. Uh, He reiterated he reiterated his promise to boost uh, BC's share of transit investment, um, so cutting the municipal share down to 10%, and so the pr- province would pay 40%, and the p- feds would also pitch in. And then the NDP also, he had promised that the NDP would create f- uh, 43,000 infrastructure and construction jobs. Um, and so, yeah, it was really interesting to see both of these uh, leaders kind of gear up for the election, and this is the last time they get to address all of these local if, uh, elected officials. And I found it interesting that they both got standing ovations. Is that right? They did. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Uh, they were not held in the same hall at the same, you know, in the same hour or two. No. They were they, separated by... They were separated by a day. Why was it that the, the Premier spoke on the Wednesday as opposed to the generally it's the Friday? It was something to do with the Royals, I guess. It was because of the Premier's schedule, um, yeah. both with the Royals and um, as she's gearing up for an election. She's doing she, something... Yeah, she moved. And so the federal um, minister, whose name I am just Sohi, um, for... Which which department? Uh, f- he's the minister of uh, infrastructure and uh, communities. Oh, I know who you're doing. It'll come to me. I can't think. We've only got three minutes. I apologize. <laughs> I know we want to get to two things. One quick comment. There was uh, uh, there was talk about Site C. What happened there? So, yeah, uh, one of the resolutions, B31, was a resolution asking uh, the provincial government to stop work on Site C and send the project to the BC Utilities Commission for review. Uh, and that was passed in a block of resolutions with very little uh, opposition. 
Okay. Now, something that's very near and dear to your heart, fossil fuels divestment. There's a, there's a divestment fund. Tell us about that. Yeah, and so this motion um, was one of the kind of more controversial ones. It passed, but it only passed by 51.6%. Uh, uh, so there was a lot of debate on the floor, which made it really interesting. And the, the resolution is to create an optional fund uh, for the Municipal Finance Authority, which would allow governments who wanted to, so local governments could put investments into a fossil fuel-free fund, meaning they could put their investments in line with their climate priorities. And it wouldn't force all local governments to, but really is just creating uh, an option. And the Municipal Finance Authority is a separate entity from local government, and so they don't necessarily have to listen to the UBCM, but these are their members, and hopefully they will listen to that. So what's the goal of that? It's really... um, So the Municipal Finance Authority... Uh, currently invests in Enbridge, invests in Suncor, in a number of companies that are contributing to uh, climate change and, you know, not necessarily in line with the values of BC, um, especially when we have so much opposition to Enbridge. It's strange that our local governments are then kind of forced into investing in in this pooled investment fund that includes some of these companies. And uh, how much money is involved in this? This is a lot of money? Absolutely. Um, Millions or billions? Uh, it is, and I wish I had the number here, uh, the Municipal Finance Authority, I believe, is in the billions, but our share, so Victoria's share uh, in the pooled investment would be in the millions. Okay. A couple of things we'll clean up here. When you mentioned the infrastructure minister, of course, provincially, it's Todd Stone, but you met federally, right? Uh, so federally, the infrastructure A- minister. Amrit Sohi. There, yes, absolutely. And as far as uh, Dr. Nutt's speech, uh, Joe Perkins had uh, Samantha Nutt on recently. It was related to the leadership and staying committed to public service through the ups and the downs. That's what the note here from Josh. Sad that I missed that one. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you very much for being here, Laurel. Thank you for having me. Let's do this again. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Let's see what we got coming up next on CFAX 1070. I go through my notes. Oh yeah, if you see a bunch of people all wearing orange t-shirts today. There's a really, really important reason for it, and I'll tell you about that when we come back on the other side of the news. But I want to thank Laurel Collins, the instructor of social justice studies and sociology from UVic. See you next time. See you. Bye-bye. Hey, fellas. Are you hungry? Well, you're in luck. Right now, Natural Balance Pet Foods are on sale at Pets West. Get $5 off select varieties of dog food and save on all Natural Balance cat pouches, only 99 cents each. I thought you'd like that. Natural Balance food is made with premium quality ingredients to keep your pets happy and healthy, and it's available at Pets West in Broadmead Village, committed to your pet and the community since 1989. Looking for the best deals on floor coverings right now? For the month of September, United Floors is featuring Krauss, one of the world's leading flooring manufacturers, with very special pricing on hardwood, carpet, laminate, and luxury vinyl. Plus, earn Air Miles Reward Miles with every purchase. See store for details. Great prices and Air Miles right now at United Floors. CFAX Victoria, a division of Bell Media. And an iHeart Radio station. If it's happening, it's here. CFAX 1070. 
It is 4.30, clear for the rest of the day, but there are showers moving in for tomorrow. Sunday will be mostly cloudy with a high of 16, a mix of sun and cloud, and 16 again on Monday. It's 14 downtown. CFAX 1070 News begins right now, and here is Sandy Hall. Thank you, Mark. West Shore RCMP are releasing details about multiple arrests made in connection to drug trafficking. On Wednesday, a 31-year-old Langford man was taken into police custody after a search warrant at a Langford home found a host of drugs, drug-related paraphernalia, and cash was also found in the house. A day earlier, a 43-year-old man, also from Langford, was arrested with possession or on possession of with possession of heroin, rather, for the purpose of trafficking. And Mounties are also announcing that they have arrested two men, a 21 and 24-year-old, back on September 16th, leading to seizure of cocaine, crack cocaine, and meth. West Shore RCMP aren't releasing the locations of the warrant, citing an ongoing and future investigations. A 31-year-old man has been charged for an alleged stabbing in Nanaimo. RCMP Sergeant Cheryl Armstrong says the victim told investigators he had a disagreement with the suspect before the assault on Saturday. Armstrong says the man's girlfriend drove him to hospital where he had surgery. She says Eric Irving has been charged with aggravated assault and was to appear in court today. Victoria Mayor Lisa Helps says it's in Canada's best interest to invest in energy that will create jobs, adding that economists have shown green energy creates eight times as many jobs as oil. Speaking with Mark Brené on CFAX 1070, Helps says that's why she and a contingent of other municipal and First Nations leaders are opposing the Kinder Morgan pipeline, which will increase tanker traffic along the coast, along with the risk of a spill. Again, I don't want to just be seen as, oh, the mayor, she's just trying to take care of Victoria. Yes, that's my primary job, but also, you know, if mayors across Canada just took care of their own areas, we would have no national economy. So I think there are really strong arguments for Trudeau's government to find in the national interest to turn down the pipeline and explore other energy options. Helps, along with eight other mayors and Chief Don Tom of the Sarlip Nation, are calling on the federal government to reject a proposed expansion of the Kinder Morgan pipeline coming down in December. It's been more than a day since 65-year-old hiker Debbie Blair went missing near the Cypress Mountain Resort, and North Shore Rescue Team leader Mike Danks says the team has found a set of tracks in the last four hours. We're really hoping that this potentially be our subject, but again, we have not had any other sign other than this. Helicopters with heat-sensing cameras are scanning the area with a crew of more than 25 people on the ground for Blair, who is not prepared for the cold nighttime temperatures. And Prince George Councillor Murray Krause has been announced as the new president of the Union of BC Municipalities. The UBCM concluded its week-long annual convention in Victoria with the election of its new leadership team. Krause replaces the outgoing president, Al Richmond, of Caribou Regional District. The remaining elected executives include District of East Kootenay Director Wendy Booth, Kamloops Councillor Arjun Singh, and District of Souk Mayor Maya Tate. I'm Sandy Hall. If it's happening, it's here on CFAX 1070. News time is 33 minutes after 4. Which makes it 27 minutes before 5.
I can do math. Thank you, Sandy. Now with a look at traffic, here is Art Aronson. Thank you, Mark. The weekend is here, and with it, heavy volumes, uh, any weekend volumes anyway, on most of Capital Region major transit routes right now. The Pat Bay Highway northbound from Broadmead Village to Halliburton Road is quite backed up at this hour. Also, traffic leaving Victoria busy with stop-and-go traffic from uptown to the Admirals McKenzie Interchange. We also had a caller to the uh, newsroom reporting a semi-truck running into a power pole on Happy Valley Road road near Latorio Road there affecting traffic westbound into Machosen. Also in Langford seeing the usual bottleneck traffic on the Trans-Canada Highway northbound from McCallum Road to the West Shore Parkway. Of course if you see something out there other drivers should know about give us a call at 381 News or Star 1070 on your cell phone. There is a one sailing wait on the Swartz Bay to Sawasan run right now at BC Ferries. The 5 o'clock boat is full. The 6 o'clock boat is the next one out of here. It's about 65% full right now. Checking CFAX weather. Here is CT Vancouver Island meteorologist Astrid Brownschmidt. Another gorgeous afternoon leads us to an unsettled evening. Watch for a couple of showers to develop here and there. Temperatures down to 8 degrees. Tomorrow, starting things off with occasional showers, 15 degrees in the afternoon with some sunny breaks too. Sunday, 16 degrees, mainly cloudy. Much of the same for Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, mid-teens, and we've got some showers creeping back into the forecast again. I'll have your full island forecast tonight on CTV News. It's still 14 degrees in downtown Victoria. I'm Art Aronson. If it's happening, it's here on CFAX 1070. It's 435. Mark. Thank you, Art. When we come back, we're going to talk about a way to honor 150,000 survivors of Canada's residential school system. This Thanksgiving, I'm thankful for all my wonderful friends and family. I'm thankful for that too, but also the Fairway Market Flyer. Really? Oh yeah, it's where I find all my hot Thanksgiving deals. For example... Fresh capless prime rib oven roast, just $8.99 a pound. And U.S. number one premium yams, only 98 cents a pound. See what I mean? You know what? I'm thankful for you and your wisdom. You're welcome. Happy Thanksgiving. No club cards, no gimmicks, just great card-free pricing at Fairway Market. Everything you need to start your day. Mornings with Al Therabee. Weekdays from 5 to 9. If it's happening, it's here. CFAX 1070. Now, Mark Brenay on CFAX 1070. 150,000 men and women, well, they were just kids at the time, but they survived Canada's awful residential school system. Today is Orange Shirt Day, and it made its debut in Williams Lake, B.C., just four years ago. It spread across this beautiful country, across the United States of America, and even into Europe. September 30th, today, represents the time of year where children were taken from their homes and it sets the stage for an anti-racism and anti-bullying campaign for the coming school year. We have two guests to talk about this today, Kristen Spray and Eddie Charlie. Eddie is a residential school survivor and Kristen Spray helped organize this event at Camosun College. Hello Kristen and hello Eddie. Hello there. Eddie are you there? Are you there Eddie? Yes I am. Good. Let's start with you, Kristen. Uh, how did it go today, and, and how many people were wearing orange? Was it orange everywhere? It certainly was. And I first just want to say, Ike Squite Shosiam Asa Kristen Spray. Tislayasan Ek Wasanak, Yisan Kwanis Etla, Tian Alananak. Acknowledging the Lokwangan people's territories at Kamosan College, the Squamalt Nations peoples, and the shared ter- territories of the Wasanic people. Kristen and Eddie, can I get you to maybe move a little bit further apart? I think you're both on cell phones sitting near each other, correct? Uh, yes. 
Eddie is having some difficulty hearing. He has a cochlear implant. Oh, I see. I see. Um, okay, it's just that we're getting a little bit of feedback here, so it might be a little bit difficult for the listeners to hear. But if there's any way you can just move just a tad away from each other, it might be a little bit better reception. Is that better? Um, well, we'll see. Okay, uh, Eddie, you, you survived a residential school. Um, what does this day mean for you? What does it mean for me to go to residential school? Yes, yeah, so what does today, Orange Shirt Day, mean for you as a residential school survivor? Uh, having Orange Shirt Day today it empowers many people to um, be able to put their voices together and create a massive blanket. That would empower other people who are survivors to be able to um, begin a journey of healing. As a survivor, many of us were just children. We lost our culture, our identity, and we were abused, and some of us starved and uh, just sexually abused. When we left the residential school, many of us didn't have any confidence or we, we didn't have any self-value. So by creating Orange Shirt Day, we hope to um, give um, give an empowerment to the people that are survivors and their uh, children who are survivors uh, through their parents. We want them to be able to understand that they are not who they are, but they were forced to be who they are through the residential school, and they can find their true path by recognizing this and working with each other to create that uh, identity that belongs to them again. Eddie, can you describe for us, if you can, for our audience, what you went through as someone who was taken away from your family, from your parents, and put into a residential school? So, Eddie, can you explain with us what it was like um, to be taken away from your family, your community, um, into a residential school, your experience, your personal experience, that experience? Um, for, for me, it, it was devastating. Not being able to be with my family again and not being able to uh, have that family value that we had before we went to the residential school. I think that cultural identity was the most important thing that we lost because uh, in our community, there are very few people that know how to interact as families anymore, and I certainly felt that in my own uh, experience. And it taught me how to be quite violent, and um, I started drinking alcohol at a very young age, so did many other survivors. And we brought home a lot of violence from the residential school, this learned behavioral pattern. What they taught us is how to hurt people just to survive. And we brought home lots of violence and anger instead of good learnings and teachings from from our elders who um, certainly um, supported us as children when we were living in the community. They taught us uh, culture, language, and tradition. The residential school took that away, and we were left without an identity, and we almost felt like we didn't have a value. Do you feel valued now? Do you feel valued now? Yes. By creating Orange Shirt Day, 
we're empowering the community and a nation and many nations to to learn how to hear our voices. I would like to recommend that every single survivor sit down and talk to their children and their grandchildren, explain what happened to them. This cycle of abuse that's happening in our communities does not need to continue. If we can start talking about it, we take away the barriers of healing. And I think today it empowered a whole community, not just us. We all shared many tears, and the tears gave us courage and strength to speak and to let our voices go to the ears that needed to hear us speak. So, yes, I feel valuable. I'm glad you do, and I'm sorry you went through what you went through. He says he's sorry he went through what you went through. I got you. Kristen, can you tell us about uh, today and the origins of Orange Shirt Day? I understand this uh, began uh, in Williams Lake. Yes. In 2013, Phyllis Webstad shared her story in uh, a panel of witnesses of what she went through. At six years of age, her grandmother had given her a shiny orange shirt that she um, went to her first day of residential school and it was stripped from her. Her hair was cut, and she also endured other types of abuses at that school. Justice Murray Sinclair, who chaired the panel over six years going all across Canada, collecting more than 7,000 survivors' um, stories of what has happened to them, encouraged her to bring hope um, through that story uh, to bring resilience, to bring truth, healing uh, to communities. And so she decided to create Orange Shirt Day, a day to honour residential school survivors and many who did not, and not only them, but also all the family members, the children, the grandchildren of residential school survivors, and also the children who have been put into foster care, the children who have been adopted into non-Indigenous homes as a result of their family members experiencing um, the trauma and abuses of residential schools. And Orange Shirt also honors 4,000 missing um, uh, children who never came home. And the numbers are growing. You know, th- there's still so many unaccounted for as the, the value that were placed on the dignity and respect of these children to begin with was lacking. It wasn't there from the government and the churches involved. And so the stories are in the hearts of all survivors and in the families, and um, not everyone wants to talk about it because it is painful, Um, but there needs to be a safe place, a place where um, there's welcome, there's quiet, there's listening, and in everyone's own time, when people feel ready to share or not share, that that, that's okay. But as a non-Indigenous person, I want to stand up in solidarity with all uh, people who have endured the cycle of abuse caused from residential school and listen and take now as time to start learning from our Indigenous peoples and communities uh, about culture, about languages, about 
respect, about um, generosity, about love. Thank you, Christian, for 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 doing this and for sharing your your, your time with us. And Eddie, thank you very very much for sharing your your your, your past. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you. Bye bye. Four thousand children didn't come home. Think about that. News time, and here is Art Aronson. Thank you, Mark. Uh, The judge has reserved decision in the case of suspended Victoria Police Chief Frank Elsner on whether key evidence should be banned from being made public. The case was being heard in a Vancouver courtroom today behind closed doors. West Shore RCMP are releasing details about a host of arrests made in connection to drug trafficking this month. They're recommending charges against four Langford men. A 31-year-old man has been charged for an alleged stabbing in Nanaimo. RCMP Sergeant Cheryl Armstrong says the victim told investigators he had a disagreement with a suspect before the assault on Saturday. She says Eric Irving has been charged with aggravated assault and will appear in court today. Checking CFAX traffic now. We did get a caller to the CFAX uh, newsroom here reporting a semi-truck uh, running into a power pole at Happy Valley Road. It looks like that truck is uh, on its side there. It's near Latoria Road affecting traffic uh, westbound into the Machosan area. So look for that if you're heading to Machosan. Elsewhere in the capital region, no motor vehicle incidents making the afternoon commute uh, too badly on the major transit routes. Seeing some uh, heavy volumes though on the Trans-Canada Highway northbound from McCallum Road to the uh, West Shore Parkway as per usual. Also leaving downtown Victoria it's quite busy from the Uptown uh, Shopping Center area to the Admirals McKenzie Interchange, as it usually is this hour. Also on the Pat Bay Highway, we're seeing heavy traffic northbound from Royal Oak Drive to the uh, Halliburton Road intersection there. Uh, if you see something out there other drivers should know about, give us a call at 381 News or Star 1070 on your cell phone. Checking the uh, ferries now on the Swartz Bay to Sawasan run. The 5 o'clock sailing is completely full, so there is a one sailing wait. The 6 o'clock boat is now over 80% full, so it's a little busy leaving the island via the water. I'm Art Aronson. If it's happening, it's here on CFAX 1070. It's 448. Mark. Thank you, Art. Today is Orange Shirt Day, and I don't want to... I want to let that breathe for a minute, folks. That was a very powerful interview. But what we're going to bring up next is not is not the same. It's another day today. It's Blasphemy Rights Day. And I don't want... I don't think it's right to have these back-to-back. That's my fault. So if you see somebody wearing an orange shirt today, think about that. If you were with us the last few minutes, think about that. When we come back, we'll talk about Blasphemy Rights Day. Afternoons with Mark Brenay is brought to you by... Fairway Market. No club cards, no points, no gimmicks. Just great card-free pricing at Fairway Market. Find out what's cooking with the CFAX 1070 Great Grocery Giveaway. You could win free groceries for a year from Thrifty Foods. The winning is easy. Just watch CTV Vancouver Island. Listen and win. Qualify and win a $50 smile card weekday mornings with Al Therabee at 7.15 and afternoons with Mark Rene at 4.15. Details at CFAX1070.com. Win free groceries for a year from Thrifty Foods and CFAX 1070 with a great grocery giveaway. 
Thrifty Foods invites you to smile for Air Miles Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, September 30th, October 1st, and 2nd only. For these three days only, you'll get 200 bonus miles with the purchase of a $200 Smile Card gift card. This incredible offer is limited to one per collector account and there is no coupon required. But hurry in, this amazing offer is only available until Sunday, October 2nd. Thrifty Foods, helping you enjoy better rewards. Today, I'm presenting Rona's Weekly Good Plan. First, find the Rona or Rona Home and Garden Store nearest you. Now, enter Rona. Our stores have automatic doors, which will make this task easy. Then, from Thursday to Wednesday, get 50% off the second box of vinyl and ceramic tiles, 20% off interior doors, and 15% off portable cordless tools and miter saws, as well as other discounts throughout the store, or order online and pick up in store later. Finally, well, renovate. Rona. Good plan. Details at Rona.ca. Looking for the best deals on floor coverings right now? For the month of September, United Floors is featuring Kraus, one of the world's leading flooring manufacturers, with very special pricing on hardwood, carpet, laminate, and luxury vinyl. Plus, earn Air Miles Reward Miles with every purchase. See store for details. Great prices and Air Miles right now at United Floors. Like an interview? Share the podcast at cfax1070.com. If it's happening, it's here. CFAX 1070. You're listening to Mark Brené on CFAX 1070. Victoria City Council has declared today Blasphemy Rights Day. Does this matter to you, or do you think Victoria's City Council spends a little bit too much time on issues that are not too relevant to Victorians? You decide for yourself. CFAX 1070's Al Farabee chatted about this this morning with Councillor Jeff Young. Today, September 30th, it is International Blasphemy Rights Day, which I would guess is an important thing. Um, This came in front of council to vote on. And why don't I get your thoughts on why things like this come to Victoria Council? Because my understanding is, is that uh, you didn't vote in favor of this. Am I getting that correct? No, that's, that's right. I, usually, th- this was a proclamation of all things. Usually proclamations are pretty innocuous. Mm-hmm. Um, Breast Cancer Month, Manufacturers Week, and council passes them we we sometimes wonder if we're really adding a lot of value by doing that but people seem to um uh, want a city proclamation so we we generally pass a lot of them this one uh was brought forward by a group of citizens but to me it was more by way of making a political statement um with regard to a section of the criminal code right now that it, they may well have a good point. I, frankly, I, I gather it hasn't. The section of the criminal code hasn't been used for many years, um, but it just seemed to me that it is not an issue that uh, we have any particular knowledge about. Uh, nor do the citizens of Victoria have have an interest in our weighing in on, because the federal government, frankly, knows we don't have any knowledge right. about it. So our opinion doesn't really add a lot of value. And it just seemed to me that um, for us to be debating the pros and cons of issues like this, and there are 
quite a few of them that, that come to council. Um, it just seemed to me was uh, not a good use of our time and the time of our staff. I was going to ask, do you shake your head and do you say, man, this is a waste of time. And well, not only a waste of time, a waste of taxpayers' dollars in some cases. We, we, we have a, um, a fair complement of staff at meetings. That's uh, another issue. But, mm-hmm. but they're there in case questions arise where their expertise is required. So mm-hmm. it's, it's actually pretty expensive to run a council meeting. And um, for us to spend the time of those council meetings debating issues like this where we have no particular knowledge and no particular n- and no authority at all um, seems to me uh, when there are so many other issues right. <laughs> that that we do have to uh, deal with it just seems to be not a sensible use of our time well let me ask you this does Victoria Council spend too much time on issues that aren't relevant to Victorians uh, well I I think so and and uh, we get them fairly frequently. Uh, some of the issues we have an interest in, um, but no particular knowledge of. For example, we said Site C should be referred to the assessment to the uh, BC Utilities Commission. Right. I mean, maybe that's a reasonable uh, thing to do. Uh, obviously, that's becoming more controversial as Site C advances. But but when we uh, when we made that. Uh, decision some months ago. It might have made some sense, but we we didn't have any particular knowledge of Site C. We're not uh, we're affected only as consumers through electricity prices. But other than that, we didn't have any particular insights into it. But it's an issue that we could debate at very considerable length. There are a lot of pros and cons with regard to Site C, with regard to. Uh, renewable energy versus agricultural land, Aboriginal rights. Um, we didn't spend a lot of time on that one, but some of them are a bit more controversial. Usually, frankly, I'm prepared to <laughs> to let them go through. Sure. Uh, but sometimes I I have to say no. This is I, I can't support this. And then we have a debate, and it's really not very enlightening. All right. So what is the solution to this? And and I'm kind of guessing too that uh, not all councillors have the same viewpoint that you do. Am I getting that right? Uh, you only have to go down to UBCM to see uh, um, um, hundreds of municipal councillors weighing in on a whole lot of issues that. Um, frankly, perhaps they don't all have full knowledge of. So mm. people do seem to feel it's important. Uh, I am of the view that um, both UBCM and us are weighing in on too many issues with too little consideration where we have too little knowledge. And uh, we should be sticking to our knitting. So is UBCM a waste of time in a lot of instances? Do you want to go that far? I know, but okay. I would say that a lot of us are coming to the view that there are too many of these resolutions. They lose their impact. It is very clear that m- the great majority of people voting on them don't have any particular knowledge or insight about them. They're usually brought by one or two councils. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I think they should be, we should focus on a much smaller range of issues where we have a direct municipal uh, impact. So the number one or couple of top issues that you think that your job should be to tackle 
would be what? Like if somebody said, what's the top thing that uh, you as a counselor should be dealing with on a, on a daily basis? What do you think it would be? Well, we're, we're running the city, and obviously we're dealing with a lot of impacts that go across boundaries. Homelessness, obviously, a, mm-hmm. a prominent one where uh, we do have a direct interest, uh, although it, there are also provincial and federal interests. But yes, it's, it, we, we are acting in that area. Yeah. Um, Airbnbs, um, uh, traffic uh, issues, um, public transit, all those are issues where we're dealing with the other governments, and it's appropriate for us to be um, involved, but a lot of them, the um, our, both our interest and our knowledge is much less. CFAX 1070's Al Farabee chatting this morning with Councillor Jeff Young. Coming up next, we'll take you into the locker room. When news breaks, Victoria counts on CFAX 1070. An estimated 25,000 people crowding the B.C. legislature grounds. The Duke and Duchess of Cambridge and their two children arrived to a warm welcome. Playoff to decide the Pacific Links Golf Championship at Bear Mountain. In the end, Colin Montgomery edged Scott McCarran to take the title. 2,000 politicians from across B.C. are gathering for the Union of B.C. Municipalities Convention. If it's happening, it's here. CFAX 1070. I didn't expect life in a retirement community would be my cup of tea. I didn't think it could feel like home. But here I can enjoy my daily walk, eat dinner when I want, and I even brought my dog with me. At Amica, we offer personalized, first-class living in our independent living, assisted living, and memory care neighborhoods. Let us treat you to lunch. Book a visit online at amica.ca. Amica. Expect more. This is Julie Skinner from Vision Travel inviting you to take advantage of the Ultimate World Travel Show offers on now until September 30th. The show is over, but the savings continue. Over 30 travel partners have extended their exclusive savings, making this the best time to book your next vacation. Visit ultimatetravelshow.com for more details or call us today. Vision Travel, vacation.